Welcome to your weekly Nutrition Nuggets podcast. I'm Eric Williamson, PhD dietitian. I'm here with dietitian Abraham Andrakushan. We're here to distill the research on hot topics in nutrition into digestible and applicable takeaways. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Nuggets. Welcome to our next episode of Nutrition Nuggets. And today we are going to talk about how much protein do we actually need and everything that you kind of want to learn about hitting your protein targets. All right, Eric, how are you doing today? Great, Abraham. How are you? I'm doing great. So how much protein does the research say we actually need? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that depends on a few different factors. First of all, people might be familiar with the RDA or the recommended dietary allowance. And that's put out by the World Health Organization and government organizations such as Health Canada or the Institute of Medicine. And it's the amount of protein that we need to avoid disease. And that's 0.8 grams per kilogram body weight. If you work out your weight in kilograms, you, you multiply that by 0.8 then you get the amount of protein that you need per day to avoid disease. However, I'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't just concerned about avoiding disease, but they want what's best, what's most optimal. And in that case, for a healthy population, it appears to be about 1.2 grams per kilogram. Take your body weight, multiply it by 1.2, you get your protein intake for general health. Mm -hmm. And then if we start getting into regular exercise, then resistance athletes or people who resistance train, sometimes I just refer to everybody who does resistance exercise as resistance athlete. Those individuals seem to need about 1.6 grams per kilogram. And that's going to help them best gain muscle mass and adapt to their exercise with this amount of protein intake endurance exercisers protein is really important for them too and they require actually 1.8 grams per kilogram what let me make sure is did i get that correctly you're saying that endurance exercise people need more than resistant people yeah really that's true actually the, a lot of that work has come out of the laboratory that i did my phd in and it surprises a lot of people. Wow. The reason that endurance exercise actually has a higher protein requirement is because during exercise, we use protein for fuel. Endurance exercise has a high calorie expenditure during that activity and at a high intensity. The longer the exercise bout without rest mm -hmm. and the higher the intensity generally the more protein somebody is going to use for fuel uh -huh. they're going to burn it as energy it's not much but it's enough that we need to make up for that protein afterwards also protein isn't just for growing big muscles right when we consume protein our body replaces proteins in its tissues with the protein that we just ate. So with our organs, it takes the protein there and replaces it what we just with what we just ate in our muscle. 
it takes what we just ate and replaces what is there so that our tissues are always staying quote unquote fresh and high quality. To put that in perspective, every three months, we basically have brand new muscles. Every about month and a half, we'll have a brand new liver. And every three weeks, we have a brand new brain. And that's just because these proteins are always turning over, especially every time that we consume protein. So what you're saying is that protein is not only there for the sake of muscle growth, but it's also there for recovery and replenishing things yeah. in our body other than the muscle itself. That's right. And a lot of these adaptations that even take place because of endurance exercise, even those related to health, the insulin sensitivity, being more fatigue resistant or gaining more endurance. Those are related to proteins, even though those aren't the proteins that give us muscle size, they still need to be replaced and we need to eat protein in order to build those proteins that provide us those adaptations. I hear you. Now, is there anything else regarding uh, the importance about how to consume this protein throughout the day? Yeah, a notable point about our protein intake would be to try and distribute it more evenly across meals and snacks. Rather than having all of your protein in one meal or two meals, because that's kind of what we're doing right now in North America, a lot of people have a very a large amount of protein at dinner. Right. They tend to not have enough at breakfast. Lunchtime, we're usually doing pretty okay with getting an adequate amount and not going overboard. The best way to consume protein is to have more even amounts in each meal. And why is that? That's because we can only really use so much protein for that turnover process and those adaptations at one time. If we consume a large amount of protein in a single meal, well, those amino acids from the protein, the building blocks of protein, they're absorbed and they're in our bloodstream and we can't have a really high amount of amino acids in the bloodstream. So what it does to get rid of the protein is they, it just, our body burns it off as, as energy. And that's what we want. Not, that's not what we want to do with our protein. We want to use that protein for tissue turnover and for adaptation. And if we give it a lower amount, but an adequate amount per meal, which is generally taking your protein needs across the day and splitting it into three, four, or five meals, then our body can more can use more of that protein for turnover and adaptation because those processes can keep up with that amount that's being provided in each of those meals and snacks. That's really interesting. So what you're basically saying, let's say if your needs for protein is let's say 150 gram and taking that 150 gram in two shots or one shot vice distributing over the day will not have the same effect on your body. Right. It's better to distribute it across the day rather than having more at one time in the day than another time. Your, got, your body's going to be able to use that protein better for the things that we want for training adaptations, for improving our performance and for maintaining our health. I see. So make sure that next time that you are targeting your who hit your protein, that you are not just hitting the target, but it's well distributed across throughout the day. That's right. Let's switch gears to 
the applied aspect here, Abraham. Sure. What are some practices somebody could implement to help them hit their protein intake needs? Right. So, yeah, as we see, sometimes it's not about like to hitting the target because like it's sometimes it gets hard to understand like how to distribute or even how to hit the target. And uh, majority of us, if we haven't ever tracked or we ever seen how much protein we actually need, uh, we are under eating in terms of protein uh, itself. So that is why uh, it is very important to be conscious about, as you mentioned, distributing those protein. And when you distribute and you are having also with every single meal, the likelihood that you are meeting your needs will increase. So one great way of uh, kind of hitting your protein target and make it easy is basically using that balanced plate approach where you are kind of distributing uh, and giving for each meal equal amount of complex carbs, complex protein, and fruits and veggies. So mm. uh, a rough guideline is basically having half of the plate as fruit and veggies, having quarter of your plate uh, complex carbs, and the other co uh, quarter you want to have some lean protein mm -hmm. uh, or plant-based protein if you are a vegetarian or vegan. So if you make sure that you are hitting your protein needs and you have uh, enough protein in each meal, then the it will help you increase the likelihood to hit that target and it will also making sure that you have that nice distribution that you mentioned to recovery and all the other parts yeah. uh, that protein needed to be. Uh, yeah, so that's it pretty much uh, a way to start with. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I do with my clients too, is I just start with telling them to consume a what I call a protein-dominant food or a protein-based food. So these are foods that contain more protein than carbohydrates or fat in every meal or snack like that. And they're just likely to hit their daily intake when they do that. Exactly. And one thing I want to add, unfortunately, the North American diet is a little bit, especially when it comes to breakfast, it's a little yeah. bit carb heavy. So I don't know who came up with this uh, smart idea, but like sometimes when we see like having just cereal and just oats or like pancakes, uh, without any kind of protein into it, it's very, very easy to see the misbalance in having this kind of breakfast where it's loaded with car, but missing a big note on protein side of it. So the, I'm not going to be saying like, don't eat cereal or, or not, that's not something that will happen if you are especially used to it. However, you can be smart and strategic with it. If you're having, for example, oats, add some kind of protein source to it. it easy options would be like maybe add a yogurt to it, maybe mm -hmm. add a cottage cheese to it, or maybe add a protein powder to it. So something that will make sure that you are also getting some sort of protein. Or if you're having a pancake, there are now many different recipes you can figure out from online where you have a protein pancakes that are rich also with protein. So mm -hmm. be smart about your breakfast and make sure that whatever you're having, uh, I'm, I'm focusing a bit of breakfast because as I mentioned, we are very loaded with carb when it comes to breakfast vice the other meals that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And especially you mentioned that uh, dinner is usually more tend to be protein rich uh, and lunch more or less, but we really miss that much of protein usually around breakfast time. Yeah. And this just reminds me real quick that, that there's actually research to support that too. 
Jenna Gillen, who I've worked with, and she's a professor at the University of Toronto, did a study over in the Netherlands with Luke Manloon, and they just looked at how athletes distribute their protein intake. And when they are consuming protein at each meal and snack, and breakfast being a big one, they are likely to meet their intake for the day. So not only does do our anecdotal reports of what we see with our clients support that recommendation, but there's research to support that Here we that go. Well. So evidence is telling the same thing. Yeah. So you better make sure that your breakfast having a good amount of protein uh, mm. next time that you're having it. What about supplements then? What about protein bars, protein powders? Where do these fit in, Abraham? Right, this is another million dollar question we get. And uh, we sometimes get this question regarding, especially about protein bars. So I will first tackle that part. So when it comes to protein bar, yes, sure, it's kind of a fast way, especially if you're someone who is very busy throughout the day and barely have the time to make things uh, work in terms of diet or food. However, you need to be mindful about how many protein bars a day you're having or how frequently you're having in a week. And that's because majority of the protein bars come, of co unfortunately, with the ultra-processed things that is not going to help you on the long run with a health perspective. So we need mm -hmm. to be mindful, not just macro-based, but also micro-based. What you end up having is not going to end just to carbs, protein, fat, but what other nutrients you're getting. So if you are constantly meeting your protein needs, having like every single day two to three protein bars, the likelihood that like how long that will have until having a health effect on you is more likely, right? So that's why I would be mindful about protein bars and how frequently you're getting it and keep it as the last resort. As long as you can have it from your diet, go for it. Now, the other thing I will talk about is uh, protein powders. There is some misconception about protein powders. They are not exactly the same as uh, protein bars because protein powder, unlike protein bars, majority of them, they just really pour away protein. There are no other additives ingredient unless they do so, but you can also navigate and then choose those ones that are poor uh, as possible. And then you can add them with your basically either smoothies, which is rich in fruits. So see, you can play with protein powder or for your breakfast, as I mentioned, oatmeal, which are rich in fiber. And maybe if you're adding some chia seeds, so you can make around uh, protein powder in a healthy options by having within your smoothie, within your oatmeal, and it boosts your protein. So if you're someone who's really struggling to get to the target via meals itself alone, then absolutely will encourage you to have a uh, supplementing with protein powder and only if really necessary with the lowest frequency possible when it comes to protein bars. Right. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think a good way of summarizing that is that if we're stuck and having protein supplements in general helps us get in protein, that's better than nothing. Exactly. Right? At least we're getting the protein and we have high needs for protein. In fact, our needs for protein are higher than any other nutrient other than water, if you consider that a nutrient. But 
if we can have that protein and also obtain other micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, such as these whole food sources, animal products, beans and lentils, dairy, certain dairy products, then not only do we get the protein, but we get these other nutrients that have a lot of benefits too, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I guess that's for today, my friends. So if you guys have any further questions that you would like to ask us, so feel to reach me at Abraham Dietitian and at Unlocked Fitness and Nutrition. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Nuggets podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Share it with your friends and give us a rating. We really appreciate that. And make sure to go to at Nutrition Nuggets on Instagram to watch the videos as they come up.